0: The risk always is in those cases, though, Pete, is that you can get advocacy lock, you know, because you, you don't want to rattle a cage, because you don't want to lose that seat. Um, so, you know, again, hopefully the, the IBA will continue to have a voice speaking out when there are things that they don't like, because, you know, we, we have seen other industries where that has happened.
1: Radio Brews News is proudly presented by Cryomalt. With over 25 years in the field, Cryomalt are dedicated to providing the finest brewing ingredients to help brewers create the foundations of a truly excellent beer. They are your premium brewing partner and proud sponsors of Brews News and, in particular, Brews News Week. I'm your host, Pete Mitchum, and joining me is Matt Kirkegaard. G'day, Matt. Good morning, Pete. How are you? I'm well have you uh, you've pulled up okay it's been a fair to say it's been a, a big few
0: days in Brisbane and uh, in Queensland in particular. big few days for you probably more so than me I just had to uh, make sure that you were fed and clothed and gotten down to the uh, uh, judging on time um, because I was keeping the hamster on the wheel back at uh, home base so I just used to, got to swoop in yesterday and MC the awards and you know take the bow that was probably uh, much more deserving uh, of you.
1: Well, I think both of us can agree that uh, the real winners were uh, were beer and and the brewers what brew them. But uh, really good to see it just in a quick wrap up of the Queensland now the Royal Queensland Food and Wine Show beer awards which I think is undergoing a bit of a name change and a logo redesign. So hopefully it'll be a little bit quicker when we just say the Queensland Beer Awards or something like that. Um, but a great showcase for, not just for Queensland breweries, because we get a lot of judges who come from interstate and a lot of a handful of beers that are um, entered from our interstate. And you got to, as you suggested, hosted the um, the awards. A room full of very expectant people. And I would imagine perhaps some surprised winners, certainly worthy, but um I,
0: I i i don't know too many brewers that actually you know there were a lot of brewers who were disappointed with their results sometimes but i don't think that there are too many that sort of sit there expecting um any particular result but uh, actually more than the, the results you know awards always results there's always a lot you can sort of talk about the thing for me it was great to see the increase in entries um which shows that Queensland Brewers particularly, but we had awards as, um, you know, entries as far as Sydney and Perth and, you know, from around the country. Um, But the local brewers are supporting their local awards. And um, it was really good to see the number of people were in the room supporting the industry at the awards. Um, It was one of those things, being involved in it, you're a little bit tunnel-visioned before everything happens as you're getting your running, you know, um, your, your writing orders and your... Talking and focus on what you have to do. And there was a moment, you know, I, I, I entered the room when there was only the organisers, and then suddenly I looked up just as I was going on stage, and the room was full. Um, you know, there were two, three hundred people, two hundred people, I'd probably say, but it was a really, really well intended uh, attended event um, that showed not only the growth in the industry, but also and and the awards, but the the, the great support that I think is a very big part of why Queensland is doing so well at the moment.
1: Yeah, and it's certainly, it's it's great. And this is, and look, I know you're not going to blow your own trumpet, but I'm going to give a shout out to both yourself and to um, one of the RNA councillors now. Is it
0: Angus Adnum? Angus Adnum has been uh, championing the awards for well over a decade since I first met Angus. And he's it, 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 he's been very passionate about creating awards.
1: And I want to give him a shout out because, uh, look, I know everyone, everyone's busy and there are plenty of councillors and they've all got lots of things to do. But um, Angus um, made the time to come over and uh, pay a bit of a visit and watch how the, how the awards were going and, and give, it its, give us his support. And that, that really meant a lot to us. Um, to, ha- to have his support there, but also to be able to sort of thank him for um, for, for pushing to get the Queensland Beer Awards back up and running after a, a bit of a, a hiatus. Um, and it's great now that the, you know, the Queensland beer scene, as you and I have often discussed, is sort of punching well above its weight. There's uh, plenty of award-winning breweries we've seen, you know, champion small, medium, large in AIBA and Indies be, you know, Queensland breweries. And that's starting to be reflected in the number of venues now who are uh, championing uh, craft or independent beer and also you know it's great now that the Queensland public has awards that can focus on uh, you know reflecting the maturity in the market and if I can you know sort of dare to say or deign to say um, as a, as an outsider looking in and, and being involved with with beer in many aspects I can see looking in that the Queensland beer scene has certainly matured um, exponentially, uh, just over the last couple of years. So it was really good to see, you expect with 90% you know, Queensland brewery entries that they're going to, that's going to be reflected into the results. But um, there were a couple of very tight calls, um, very close results. Uh, and it really does go to show there's a little bit of luck in, in getting a, a trophy, uh, looking at the spread of, of um, results any of the beers that won gold medals and when were then eligible for the trophy would have been worthy winners. But it was great to see um, a few small breweries and a few
0: new breweries, Matt, pick up some um, trophy awards. Yeah, and obviously we've got a full list on the site and in in the program, but it was nice to see, look, uh, Maddie and Sharon um, from Moffat Beach get uh, champion brew pub and champion uh, beer of show. Um, I mean, just lovely, lovely people. We're very remiss in doing a podcast with those guys
1: well well two things one they're so busy but also their joint is so small um you can hardly fit the brewery and us in there for a podcast <laughs>
0: yeah but we, we need to do it because they're just people that have a you know, they you know there's a bit of a you know craft beer has some mythology um, about it you know independent beer you know that it, it, it harkens back to when it was people just getting together and creating something out of nothing and everything the, the the industry has moved on um, as a whole a little bit and you know there are big breweries and there are big businesses that are sort of still you know putting on the suit of clothes that, that the, the the really small breweries you know that that, that myth. Um, of you know, sort of being bootstrapping little uh, entities. Artisans, but, yep. Yeah, but Matt and Matt and Sharon are just exactly that. You know, they are a tiny little brewery. They sort of fell into brewing. Um, but once they did, they committed to, you know, doing it well. They committed to hospitality. They, you know, Matt um, it, attends every training opportunity um, yep. and, you know, networking event that he can to learn. And, you know... Um, they're still tiny, um, but just doing so well. So, so that was one that was you know just warms, you know the the cockles of your heart. I was just going to say just before we go on to the next one, you and I
1: don't often do the pulley. Don't you know who I am? But I think in this case, Moffat <laughs> Beach Brewing Co. Matt and Chaz, because I I know they listen to the podcast. I reckon they might owe us a sneaky beer, mm. not because we had anything to do with the. I'm, I'm not casting any, you know, but what I'm going to say is. The reason they got their beers in um, on just about on time was because they were listening to the podcast and I noticed on uh, the article in the Crafty Pint, he quoted uh, Matt as saying, yeah, I was listening to the Brews News podcast and when Prof mentioned he was coming up to Brisbane for the awards, I think, oh, we better get our entries in and have a look <laughs> at you know, when they were supposed to be there. And there was, and, and we bumped into him at, at, at Range Brewing when he just dropped his um, things, <laughs> yeah. his, his entries off and we're thinking, you've left it a bit late, haven't you? He goes, yeah, look, I thought it had to be there between Friday, between 1 and 3. And then Shazza said, no, no, the judging's between March the 1st and 3rd. <laughs> That's where the one and three came in. So, oh, and so apparently, like he had a couple of his beers were still in tank, uncarbonated. So he said, oh, "I'm desperately carbonating them," and Shaz is desperately labelling the cans. And we we got them there in time. He picks up a trophy for the best IPA and a trophy for the best, I think it was the pale ale category. Yeah, pale ale, so, yeah, moffs. and then yeah, so, so the moffs. yeah, for Moffs Summer Ale, which ended up being uh, judged the uh, the champion beer of the show. Mm. But, Matt, it's, uh, good news just keeps on travelling and, and travels north of where you are to the
0: Sunshine Coast. And uh, the boys are your mates. Yeah, look, and it, it, it's it's you don't want to single anybody out because everyone's worthy winners, but it was just really nice to see their Larry um, pick up a gold um, because you know they've been in the attention as a result of the Hottest 100 and people going, who are these guys, don't know these guys. Uh, it's just a popularity contest. And... You know, we we've tried their beers over the the, the course of their um, career, and you know they've, as with a lot of new breweries, they uh, take a while to dial them in. We both tried the Larry that was entered, and it was. a a cracker and the judges agreed and they got gold for it so it's not just hype it's not just about popularity again another um you know brewery that is really focused focusing on lifting their quality game so uh, yeah that that was nice to see and
1: also it's a great reflection of why well-run local awards are very important um because it does give i guess a little bit of gravitas to to a beer that, you know, is perhaps seen as, uh, and, you know, it, it's ca- it's literally cartoony. Um, it looks kind of low rent. It looks like it, but it fits in with their, their whole brewing philosophy. But the liquid inside the can has now been judged as being of a gold medal standard, mm. uh, judged blind. So I think that's a that's just a, tr- a terrific um, pat on the back for them and a, just a nice, you um, sh- not, what, what's the word I'm looking for, Matt? You know, not a verification, a justification. It's a something occasion. It'll come to me when I'm listening back to this. Vindication. But, um, vindication that's the one. There we go. Thanks for
0: that. I'm, I'm glad <laughs> that I'm the one that remembers a word for a change. There's... And now for the news. We, we do have a big week um, of news and a short post because of some uh, technical gremlins. So uh, we, we might get on um, and... Talk about the news. Hey,
1: the Craft Brewers Conference issues a coronavirus update. Uh, we understand concerns about COVID-19 uh, top of mind for our members, guests, and exhibitors who plan to attend the Craft Brewers Conference and Brew Expo America in San Antonio next month. And we would like to take the opportunity to provide you with a few updates and resources. So the Brewers Association Matt has um, they're monitoring the developments of the of the outbreak. Um, they're in regular contact with uh, the city of San Antonio and currently we can we're happy to report there are no plans to cancel or reschedule the event.
0: At, at this stage um, uh, staff that are based in China are apparently not going and exhibitors that are exclusively based in China but there are um, and, and we, we had a stainless steel manufacturer um, comment on our page just to make sure that people knew that there are a whole lot of American-based businesses. Who get their equipment made in China, but their American sales teams will be there, um, for example. So it's it's interesting. You you don't want to spread panic because there's enough of that. What is interesting is the impact and the awareness that there is around um, CBC, so around coronavirus um, for businesses, because. I'm heading over to um, CBC uh, in April, and you know, I was saying, Yeah, oh, you know, nothing really to worry about. It's America, and it's seven weeks away." But there is a lot of concern about it, and there's a lot of concern around IBD, which we're also covering, which is just in two weeks' time. And you know, international businesses, as a result of a duty of care to their staff, are being very mindful. You know, calling them travel bans is probably a little bit over the top. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. they're sort of saying, look, you know, we don't want to, you know, um, a, a lot of flights into Australia transit through um, Asian airports, um, which is one of the areas. And uh, apparently they're sort of saying, look, you know, we don't want to, you know, as a duty of care to our staff, we don't want to sort of put them on a plane and send them into places that have travel restrictions or anything like that. And, you know, it, it's just being mindful um, of it. So, Dare I say, Matt, be alert but not alarmed. Be alert but not alarmed. Wash your hands. Yep. Um, don't pick your nose. Um, and uh, those sorts of things. But it's also I, – I think we also need to be really mindful that, again, with, with so many brewing businesses, um, you know, involving travel or you know, hospitality – if we have a lack of incoming visitors, um, there are going to be a lot of businesses that hurt. And I, I was trying to explain it to, to my daughter, who was saying, why is everyone, you know, she's heard the medical advice about um, COVID-19 and saying, look, it doesn't sound like it's a killer to, to the extent that the hype is about. But, you know, she's 19, she's never experienced a financial downturn, um, and economies can, you know, they're pretty robust, but they can also be fairly fragile. And if you've got a lot of, uh, you know, your, your economy is based on tourism, um, then suddenly casual workers can see their hours cut. If casual workers see their hours cut, that can have a big impact, um, uh, you know, through the economy. Um, I was speaking to a good friend of ours, Pete, um, Sharon from the Cheese Pleaser. Um, little business in the city, um caters, you know, lunchtime catering for a lot of businesses in the area. One of the big businesses, and I won't say which, um, has told their staff, you know, if you want to work from home to sort of avoid, you know, public transport and congregation, which seems a little bit over top in Brisbane at the moment, but they've done that. So her lunchtime trade has dropped as a result. Um, You know, and if she's got one casual staff member that goes off, you think of all of the businesses. So, Don't be alarmed, but be aware, Um, and it's one of the things that governments and businesses have to really balance when when they're thinking of these things.
1: Exactly. Our next story, Matt, and this is an interesting one. Uh, Lost and Grounded Brewers disagrees with Portman Group finding, and if I can uh, just uh, just get into my flog voice here in an, an English accent. So this was based on a single complaint, Matt, which went like this. I'd like to make a complaint about two beers by Lost and Grounded. I saw them in Waitrose yesterday, 4th of September, and felt that they were likely to be of strong appeal to children, breaching rule 3.2 brackets H of the code.
0: It sounds, like a, sound casual, like, it sounds like a casual observer. I just happen to be, yes, I have no
1: idea what uh, how to go about this, but I do believe that it, it breaches code 3.2 H. What a load of Subsection anyway, H the, of the code, yeah. Exactly. Uh, the panel considered that the illustrations of animals on this packaging were prominent, and stood out on the muted can design. They considered that the illustration was reminiscent of children's books where animals often behaved with and were illustrated as having human characteristics. They noted the animals were depicted smiling, gripping the scepters, and walking on their hind legs, which the panel still considered to be anthropomorphic elements. The panel noted that muted storybook designs, such as Peter Rabbit, still appealed to today's children. The company decided not to work with the Portman Group's advisory service to amend their product in uh, line with the panel's ruling. And we should point out for those who don't know, the Portman Group, it I guess, is
0: is similar to ABAC. They're they um, industry um, regulation,
1: but they're 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 industry funded, aren't they? They're in, exactly the same. In the same UK as ABAC. they're funded by I think nine of the largest it's drinks the, groups the, in the, 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 the same UK. issues
0: apply. Yeah, yeah. So it, all, yeah. all exactly the same. I and mean, look, you know, first of all, um, yes, the complaint is completely disingenuous. You know, making out that they just happen to be they're a professional complainant. Um, and that's, and it's a, a single complaint too, Matt. We should it, point out well, this isn't like but you it's know, a single complaint. But again, that's not really the issue. Um, you know, uh, you can sort of have a single victim in a shooting, but you know, you know, which is a stupid thing to say. But it's the the fact that there's a single complaint, and also the fact that it's a professional complainant um, doesn't you know doesn't really matter um, to, to 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 my way of thinking. Um, and there's there's been a whole big discussion around this. I, I love Lost and Grand. I love their brand. When I was um, over and visited the brewery, I was really taken because each of the can labels is part of a much bigger pastiche. So they, they so when you look at them all, if you unwrap them all and sort put them, it's basically this big poster, and they've all got this, you know, storytelling and those sorts of things. Um, and and it's beautiful design. It's very very creative. I love and Pete Brown, um, who was very very anti the Portman Group decision. Um, said, go out and drink as many uh, Lost and Granted running with scepters as you can. You won't be disappointed. While enjoying the beer, also check out the beautiful, strangely moving artwork. Um, and I, I agree with him. I found the artwork strangely m- moving. Uh, like, it's a really um, ethereal, evocative. But the, the other side of me says, says, well, one of the reasons that it's strangely moving is because it is. I, I, Martin Cornell noted that it's very much like... Um, where the wild Tigger. things are. No, no, it's, it's very oh, much okay. like where the wild things are. And I look at it, and it is basically like there is something no, about hey. it. No, well, no, because it doesn't have hey. the, the, the wild things. But you know, there's a, a, a tiger holding a scepter in exactly the same way as Max is holding a um, scepter. But it's it, it is evocative of childhood. Um, you know, it does take me back to a simpler time, um, which is a, a lot of what Lost and Grounded, I, I, I think, is saying. Um, but before we go too deep into the um, weeds uh, about what it means to people, the, the the advertising standards for alcohol aren't does it appeal to children, um, has it targeted children, is it making children pick up and drink this particular beer or any beer the 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 test is does it have a reasonable capacity and i don't have the the exact words in front of me but does it no but is it is it likely to be of strong appeal to children is it likely to be of appeal to children because as an industry we need to be very very careful that we don't open ourselves up to that notion that we're grooming the next generation of drinkers you know that the children we're normalizing alcohol for them or we're making you know drawing their attention to alcoholic products there's a whole lot caught up in that and you know it is conflicting when you see a beautiful design like that, but it's, it's alcohol. And unfortunately, when you decide to be in the alcohol business, it is a special class of product and you have to accept operating as an alcohol business that you don't have the same freedoms that you might have if you were doing a whole lot of other things.
1: Yeah, I think, too, the difficulty comes in, Matt, that you, you, we talk about strong appeal to children. Popular culture now kind of straddles. So if, take, for example, um, Toy Story. Is Toy Story a family movie? Is it a kid's movie? Is it an adult's movie? Like, it's there's the elements of all sorts of different um, messages, and depending on your level of maturity, you'll pick up different things. You know, it's it's just an entertaining story. But if you're an adult, it it you know evokes all sorts of emotions about when you were a kid and um you know, moving on and maturing and all those sorts of things. So as society kind of blurs the lines, it's difficult to say this is a children's book. Don't use any kind of reference that might be construed as being from a from a children's book. Um but I think we should still be able to um, you know, have nice artwork on our cans and that sort of thing. The, the other thing that comes into it walk too, to obviously, is shop though, do you...
0: But, but Pete, walk to any bottle shop and there is beautiful artwork, but it can be beautiful artwork that doesn't necessarily involve cartoons or things that can appeal to children. Um, yeah. You know, yes, it's harder. Yes, your um, freedom to design is a little bit curbed, but it, it's something that we need to be aware of. Even if it is just, we don't want to open ourselves up to the allegation that we're targeting children um, with the, the, the design. We have to stop short. And yes, anyway, Pete. So you, you, I interrupted you were halfway through. No, that's what I was just going to say the other thing too is that it. it really
1: sheds focus on uh you know the company decided not to work with the portman group advisory service to amend their product in line with the panel's ruling so this is one where it'll be interesting to see how the brewer standing up for their um uh, their opinion their side of the story if you like uh, pans out
0: there is a lot of i'm very conscious here because i found myself um, agreeing very strongly with martin cornell um who you know is something of a curmudgeon um and you know, you sort of think, gee, I better check my own views because it, it sounds like an old man thing to say, or it sounds like, <laughs> um, you know, the, is there a divide in the sensibilities or the values of the entire beer community? Um, and you, look, th- th- there are, um, but on, on, this ca- and on this case, I'm quite happy to be out of step because I think it is one of those things that we need to be very wary. And for people that want to say they're not targeting children you know look at their intent look at you know the beautiful designs um you know there is an element of 30 years ago there were um jokes that were acceptably funny that just aren't today because we're much more aware of the impact that it can have you know there you know um there were employment practices that just aren't acceptable and they probably never were then but we weren't as conscious of it, and I think that you know this is one of those things that we need to move with the times and just you know accept that alcohol is a special class of product, um, and you know uh, we, we, which uh, I'll I'll bring that to the to the next one because Australia had its own um, issue this week, um, you know what WA brewery Cheeky Monkey um, had a complaint made about it social media. Now I feel sorry for Cheeky Monkey again; they are wonderful people. They're not doing. I don't think that they're doing anything with any malicious intent. But there was a photograph of a, a man sitting in a car in the driver's side drinking a beer. Now, again, absolutely no intent shown in the photo to drink and drive by the brewery. But the other thing is that it is well accepted that drink driving is a is a social scourge. Um, and we need to be very very wary around our messaging Um, and even if you've got somebody in the driver's seat of a car having a beer yeah there's a natural assumption that they're not just sort of sitting there checking out the view that they've driven there and they're going to drive off and whilst there's no implication that there's not a swag of empty tinnies around them to suggest that they've had too many or anything like that driving and alcohol are probably best not associated in that way.
1: No. And, and look, I believe the intention was because it was a combi van, because it was clearly, you know, with the beach in the background, it was, uh, you know, we've stopped here for the day, blah, blah, blah. if they'd done it sitting on the, you know, the, the back, the open back of the, the combi van uh, or as the if they pulled up for the
0: night camping or exactly the picnic table with the it combi would got, van yeah, in the they background, they may have got
1: the same, they may have got exactly the same um, uh, message across. But in a, you know, we've pulled up for the day, and what better way to reward ourselves? With you know, we're going to watch this beautiful sunset and drink this brand of beer,
0: and and and, you have a camp, you have a campground to show that you're going to stay. And and, yeah, look, it's one of those things. Yes, I don't think they were saying I'm going to get shit faced and then jump, you know, drive off. Yeah, but that's not the point. You know, the, the 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 fact that the finger can be pointed and. The ridiculous nature of this is that the complainant again it was a complainant um and they went to you can't see based on where his leg is positioned whether the handbrake is engaged or not and whether he's still driving the keys
1: in the ignition Uh, yeah
0: and it goes into a ridiculous level of analysis that forces ABAC to go in it's quite simple drinking and driving don't mix um think about you know It it, it involves a change of thinking for brewers to sort of think about the messaging. And let's face it, that's what advertising is for, you know, because you can't convey everything about your brand. You know, um, you look at people who look a certain way to convey um, the image that your brand represents. Marketers are very, very aware of the power of symbolism and the subtle messaging that comes through an image. Um, And this is just a, something else that they need to be aware of. They need to be aware of the potential negatives or the accusations that it can open you up to. Um, and it's like it, 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 it's a negative, it, it's an unfortunate message that the brewing industry has to cop this on the chin. But alcohol is a special, I'll say it over and over. Um, it's a special class of product. You don't get can't blanche with your messaging. You need to be aware of these things. And if you don't, The government is going to regulate, and you're going to see the sorts of nonsense that you see in other um, areas where you will get white cans um, and plain packaging.
1: And in this particular case, we should note ABAC upheld the complaint, uh, noting that Cheeky Monkey did not mount any arguments defending the posts, and I believe they did just remove the
0: absolute full credit to them. And because you know they they are you know really good actors in this. It was an inadvertent thing. You know, again, you become a little bit. It's easy to become a little bit blinkered in what you're trying to say and not thinking of the negative. And that's why um, brewers need to be aware of the ABAC um, findings to understand the way ABAC thinks and the things that you need to consider in your marketing.
1: Yep. moving on. The New South Wales uh, launches the Indie Brewers Action Plan. The New South Gover- New South Wales government has launched an independent brewers action plan designed to support the state's craft breweries, to quote, succeed domestically as well as crack international markets. So this is. Something similar, I guess, to what's very close to your heart, Matt, the Queensland uh, craft beer strategy, which was launched uh, 18 months or two years ago now. And this one will be looking specifically at skill shortages in the brewing industry, how to mitigate them with the help of the IBA, as well as producing a research paper with the New South Wales Treasury and analysing the economic impact of the sector in New South Wales as proof of concept to enable uh, governments to target its industry <laughs> development activities and help focus its
0: future development efforts. Look, but yeah, so you mentioned the Queensland Craft Strategy. We had a bit of a chuckle because they initially launched a plan to create a strategy, um, which was very <laughs> yes, Minister. So we're, we're going to announce our plan to create a strategy that maybe one day we'll actually do something in practice. Um, 18 months, two years down the track. Um, that plan did become a strategy the strategy we, we've seen um, the uh, Brewers lab we've we have seen um, not a lot of money spent we haven't seen a lot of marketing um, actual marketing but it did represent craft brewers being recognized by their local government um, and craft brewers um, you know and the Brewers associations having a seat at the table to speak to governments. I was quite excited to see the news that New South Wales had launched um you know their action plan light um and i th- i don't I don't think that's what they called it, but it was um you know a limited um, action plan because when you read it there's a whole lot of words like committed to developing supporting um, maximizing opportunities yeah providing information so there's, there, there it doesn't seem to be any new dollars it seems to be um well we we've got a couple of we're going to tell you about a lot of stuff that we've already got available. That, that we're already done. We're going to make you aware and how it applies to, to the brewers industry, which again is basically what government should be doing and communicating mm. to industry anyway. Um, I mean, the big winner out of this, once you actually read it, isn't actually brewers. Um, I, I get the feeling that the number of times the IBA cop to mention in the media release and the document that, you know, the, it legitimises the Independent Brewers Association as being a entity that the government works with um and that they've got a seat at the grown-ups table yeah, lobbying and advocating yeah yeah so and you know connecting the industry to networks tourism research education training we look forward to what those connections will bring in terms of meaningful benefits to brewers but it certainly has some meaningful benefits to, to the independent brewers association by uh, giving it credibility um, yeah it's
1: good that yeah it's good that there's a, a a focus and there's a strategy in place we'll um wait to see with bated breath how it's, the, uh, the, the, the risk always is out.
0: in those cases though pete is that you can get advocacy lock you know because you, you don't want to rattle the cage because you don't want to lose that seat um so you know, again hopefully the the IBA will continue to have a voice speaking out when there are things that they don't like because, you know, we we have seen other industries where that has happened.
1: Yeah. Now, our last story that we're going to cover for uh, this episode, Matt, Asahi offers to ditch brands for CAB Deal. So Asahi has told the ACCC it will divest a number of cider and beer brands if the $16 billion CUB deal is allowed to go ahead. So the Japanese firm, and this has happened before, um, with, with takeovers and mergers and buyouts that, uh, you know, we, we, we shuffle the deck chairs a little bit. The Japanese firm has addressed competition concerns raised by the competition watchdog last year by offering to sell Strongbow, Bonamies, and Little, Cider, little Green Cider brands, as well as Stella Artois and Beck's. To purchases approved by the ACCC. The ACCC is now asking for industry views on the divestment plan, insisting it has not made a decision on the deal.
0: Yeah, look, and and everything is up in the air. Um, Cider is a very small part of the market. I I think cider is 4% of the total beer market or something like that. So beer is a much bigger um, volume. Um, So they're divesting cider, which makes up 50%, Fifty percent. Their cider would make up over fifty percent of the cider market, but the cider market is four um, percent of the alcohol beverage the industry. category. Yeah. So and not growing fast. Um, beer is a substantial um, part of the market for them. So, I'll be interested to see whether there is any um, you know, submissions about divesting craft beer brands, for example, because quite apart yeah, from yeah, the yeah. brands that the, the merged entity has forged itself, you know, um, you've got the Asahi brands. Um, there, there were two imported, I think Beck's, which is again, a, a very minor, um, craft beer brand. Uh, oh, sorry, a very minor premium, premium yeah. brand. Premium import. Um, yep. and there was one other, um, Stella Artois. Stella um, again, that's a little bit of a surprise. It's a bit, a bit more of a major brand. Um, but it's also a European import that, um, Asahi has its own range of European imports, so it's not as if it, it's almost ridiculous that they would keep two AB InBev competitor products when they've got their own portfolio. So the divesting themselves of those two brands doesn't really help the, the beer industry at all. Maybe provides you know, Coopers will pick up um, Bex again, or you know, Coopers will pick up Bex or Stella Artois and brew under contract. Um, benefiting the big three doesn't substantially add to the the, the, the beer competition
1: no and I, I just had a thought um rather than you know dump any existing product or you know have to offload it or whatever they might look at perhaps just relabeling it and they could possibly call Rawlings labels stickers and packaging um <laughs> who also i don't know if you know matt uh, sponsor this podcast they could just pick up the phone and call 1300 852 235 and speak to the boys at uh, at Rawlings um to see whether or maybe you know there's some uh, relabeling or some shrink wrapping or something like that, to uh, move on the the products that they need to move.
0: Yeah, uh, exactly. But before we uh, move off from that, Pete, um, but nicely, seamlessly done. But if you did want to rebrand and say that your Bex was now made at Cooper's, you could certainly uh, add that to the label with a shrink-wrapped label. But um, I think that the the, the merger, the, the most interesting thing that's going to come out of it is what it means for, if it does go ahead and they don't have to be divested, the fairly overwhelming portfolio of craft beer brands that the merged entity is going to have mountain goat green beacon four pines pirate life uh bolter cr- cricketer's arms which is is, is there nothing.
1: yeah is there is there going to be room for all of those you know without increasing tap points that's going to be an interesting an interesting one to watch
0: if they're, if they're not taking tack oh know, sorry did i say watch or wash watch yeah i think you said watch well i heard
1: is- watch Oh, that's good. No, it just, a, it just made me think of um, Blucher. They're the makers of the world's first stainless steel drainage system. And they um, they welcome an entirely new range of hygienic and water-saving products.
0: They do indeed, Pete. Um, and they're a new advertiser. So we, we do welcome Blucher. Um, and I, I find it very interesting that, you know, once upon a time, the sorts of ads that we would run would be for, you know, like our fantastic supporters um, at Crymalt. Um, but yeah, so brewers, as, they, as hygiene and beer quality and the, you know, sort of the quality that comes out of their breweries. They are increasingly looking to things like Hygienic Pro. Um, the range of dynamic of drainage channel specifically designed for breweries is the most hygienic on the market with no right angles whatsoever, so bacteria cannot grow. But the major reason breweries such as Little Creatures and Heineken choose to use Hygienic Pro is because the water-saving capabilities, which can reduce water consumption by up to 90%, the ROI is a no-brainer. And we do have um, some you know, additional information in the show notes. So if you are a brewer and you're looking at expanding or just making sure that your business is more efficient and you know cleaner so you're not getting those unexplainable infections in the brew house, um, Blucher uh, Hygienic Pro is the site to look for.
1: Look for it in the show notes. And we do thank them for their support. Uh, the last person that we need to thank for their support, because we're just about to dive into the mailbag, is... Our good friends at Beer Cartel. Everyone will get a well. Now we've had some, you know, because a few of the uh, the stewards, and I'll, I'll give them all a general shout out and thank them very much for their um, uh, great work under very trying conditions um, in, in the heat up uh, up in Brisbane last week for the uh, for the awards. Um, but a lot of them do listen, and a lot of them do have uh, bar blades, but. Now you know with the coronavirus and everything, is there is there are there shipping issues, Matt? Are we going to need to move to something different, <laughs> or are we still are we still got some bar blades to give out? Uh, well, I don't, we, I don't we, want to promise. I don't want to promise all our letter writers the if we can't mat, deliver. I do have beer mat bar blades, yeah. So
0: um, we, we okay, so, so
1: not a Bruise news one, but you can get a, a beer mat one still. Yeah, That's all okay. right. And uh, and of course, one of our letter writers deemed to be the letter of the week. Thanks to our very good friends at Beer we will receive a six pack of Australian independent craft beer. Don't forget, um, and this is important. Review us on iTunes or flick us in an email to be in the draw. But the uh, the iTunes thing is very important because it does help other people find uh, Bruce Newsweek and uh, our other Beer as a Conversation podcasts. Absolutely. Don't forget, you can also join our Facebook group. Just search Radio Bruce News and use the code word Soapbox. J- so Pete just on
0: yeah, yeah on on the um, rate review thank you to everyone that has um, and some of them will be reading out um, this week but also uh, apparently subscriptions um, really help us out so it takes no effort at all if you can just whatever podcast yeah you know, if you're the sort of person that just goes looking for it just hit subscribe that goes back that helps us out and it it, it, it all helps in helping people find us.
1: Now, Matt, first of all, fast becoming our um, European correspondent, Josh Gable, on the Facebook group, who's based over in France. Uh, So some good news here in France, coming in the form of the Independent Breweries Union. Um, It's worked on a law for transparency measures to clearly state the provenance of the beer, to stop big beer uh, rolling out, you know, uh, inverted commas, local brands that aren't really local. That said, I doubt it will have an impact on the purchasing habits of Jean Bleu. Um, Sorry that the post I'm sharing is in French. Um, but yeah, so Joe, Josh did, and I loved Joe Blow, Jean Bleu.
0: <laughs> but um, yeah, very interesting to see. You know, One of the things, the Americans will call it socialism, but um, it, it it's you know, left unchecked. Businesses will push it as far as they can, um, and they'll seek a competitive advantage. Once one business gets a competitive advantage from being a little bit dodgy in its marketing, it puts pressure on other businesses to follow suit. Um, In that uh, landscape, if the government doesn't step in and do something, um, small local businesses that are provenance, for whom provenance matters, are disadvantaged and so they step in. Um, And I'll see if Joe can throw the link in because the Facebook group that um, Josh shared came up with a really like a handy little uh, Google Translate or a Facebook Translate. So it it made it clear enough um, what it was. But, you know, I I thought it was a a fairly cool um, initiative.
1: And that's what I love about our our listeners, um, particularly those who are are in markets other than, you know, the direct Australian market, because it does give us uh, access to um, a broad range of opinions and thoughts and um, and news items that we might not otherwise uh, find. So thank you very much, guys. Keep up the good work. And if you are a listener,
0: yeah, so again, not plugging the Facebook group too much. If you are a listener and you're not on the Facebook group, there's some really good discussions going on. You know, there's a couple of uh, very engaged people and a lot of uh, lurkers, but, you know, there, there, people do weigh in when they have a, a, a specific knowledge um, about something or can answer a question. So it, it, yeah. it's yeah, and always
1: always interesting for us to to look at the the range of, um, of, of differing opinions. And online. there are,
0: and if you're over um, a million beer reviews and people are going meh, overhyped or oh man this is awesome, <laughs> um, there is none of that in the Facebook group. So. That's um, it. Yeah.
1: It's actively banned. Um, well, Jeremy, McM- actively banned Jeremy for- McMahon on the Facebook group. Um, this was talking about the Japanese beverage companies expanding into foreign markets, and uh, his opinion was, or his comment was, in terms of craft beer, I think Kieran have approached things smarter than the others both in the external market but also internally with part acquisition their own craft brewery arm um, half decent crafty beer range and tap marsh serving products to japanese bars and restaurants unfortunately they've been quite effective in stifling real japanese craft beer getting a foothold and i guess that just shows you know might is power isn't it you know like the bigger you are the harder it is to or the easier it is to get your message out and and uh it, it it shows that yeah the smaller Japanese craft breweries have have got to work a bit harder to be heard above the noise. That's no different to any other market, I guess, is no, it? No, no,
0: it's, it's no different. And one of the things that people always used to say um, ten years ago is you know they would look at America or they would look at Japan and they would say um, you know if you're a small brewery, um, you know if if you're a niche brewery, you can you know niches in in a country and what's Japan Japan's hundred fifty million people or.
1: Is I think so. Tokyo, however, but it's yeah. a but it's a yeah. Well, it's yeah, massive population for a joint that's about the size of Tasmania
0: for a very small area. Um, and Man. you know, in America, you know, like you you can be more niche in um, those markets because it's much bigger population base in which to carve out your niche. So it was just an interesting perspective. Yeah, and just on that, yeah. um, just in my Facebook feed this morning, um, and I'll just call it up. Uh, the Stone um, Brewing. I
1: was just going to bring that up to you before my uh, computer crashed, but um, offloading their tap room in in Shanghai, Shanghai, yeah. But so it's been it's been it has been temporarily closed due to coronavirus for the last couple of weeks, but they've now made that permanent. And I think um, Greg Cook was quoted as saying it was just getting too difficult to justify the um, investment into that market.
0: But also um, Rogue shuttered its Washington outpost. Now, I don't know, Issaquah, Issaquah? Um, I-double-S-A-Q-U-A-H. Somebody will uh, correct us on that. Issaquah opened in 2001 um, and it's closed. Um, The McKellar Los Angeles taproom has closed. And there was another big one. We covered
1: one, I can't remember which one, uh, a couple of weeks ago, didn't
0: we? We did, but do you, do you think
1: do you think that is is kind of just and, and we're conscious of time and keeping you you know on the treadmill and all that sort of thing, guys? But just in winding up, is this sort of we are we becoming more hyper local or micro local?
0: Uh, look, I, I I think yeah, the the, the people in the so if I want to market...
1: rogue, I'll go to I'll go to Oregon, I'll go to the home rather than a tap room remote
0: i don't know well uh, the the only other one that came out on the newswise today is the parent company of the gordon bish rock bottom and uh um has fired filed chapter 11 which i think is allows them insolvency protection to restructure yeah rather
1: than chapter seven or the one the bankrupt one
0: yeah so it's one of the biggest um beer barbecue businesses um i don't i I know gordon bish as a Chain of brew pubs, basically. But yeah, no, look, it's it, it, just one of those things. I don't know that Stone is purely coronavirus. I think it was the final nail. Um, but.
1: Oh no, I, oh, no, sorry. Just to clarify, I, I said, from, quoted from the article, that they had closed temporarily. Yes. Quoting, because, quoting yeah. coronavirus. But they've now come out and said, we're going to make that permanent and for these other reasons
0: as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, look, and I just throw that in there because. You only ever see in the mainstream media um, the stories when breweries are opening um, and you only ever see hype. I mean, so many product announcements um, are just hype driven and it can, and the media um, and, and all of the talk about craft beer and the growth and the excitement when it's constantly in people's feed, it can leave the impression that the business is only going up. No one wants to talk when they close no one wants to talk when their business is up for sale and um there are a number of craft breweries if you search the business um listings there are a number of craft breweries uh that are up that you have to sign a you know um that are quietly for sale on that the are quietly for sale that you, you know, even if you ask you know who would to, to find out you have to sign a um, non-disclosure agreement um because they don't want to to be known so well, they don't. Want, yeah, they don't want to frighten the horses. You know, well, you, you don't want Un- to front the horses, but the, end, the the net result of that is all of the news is everything is awesome. None of the news is well. We're selling because we, it's harder than we thought. We didn't have the business skills that we thought. We, um, you know, we want to sell before we have to close. Um, yeah, and that can give a very distorted view of the craft beer industry. And my, my heart goes out to anybody, anybody that opens a brewery. They have my full backing. But as you know, Pete, you know, we spend a lot of our time talking to people who come, oh, I'm opening a craft brewery. And, you know, it's just saying, okay, are you sure you really want to do that? Because it's a hard, hard business. And, you know... Well, don't
1: forget, we've also had quite a few come up and say, um, thanks, we listen to the podcast all the time and we were going to open a craft brewery. <laughs> we've decided to just wait and see now because of, you know, what, what you guys have sort of said. Or, you know, the, the light that we've shone on it.
0: If you love home brewing... Sometimes it's better off staying Just home, be right. home. Just be yeah. Home everywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yep. that's because it. The, the, yeah, because the, the middle is getting finding it very hard to to grow. Um, the, the big guys have retooled. Um, you know, after becoming very slow to the craft beer game, they've retooled and are going full on into craft beer. Um, and a, a lot of small venues, depending on how you are structured, it can be very hard to make money. Yep. Sorry, I do not mean, anyway, mean to end this on it. No, that's alright. No, that's right. We must away.
1: Well, let's um, finish with uh, raising a glass to uh, all of the judges, all of the stewards who just work, as, as I say, so tirelessly to um, to get through the 350-odd uh, – no, 420-odd uh, entries at this year's Royal Queensland Beer Awards. And if you are up in Queensland or if you do get to um, – we, we'll have the, the catalogue of results in the show notes because a couple of um, – there's a couple of Victorian brewers that uh, I know picked up a gold um, who obviously, you know, it, it's great for them to try to, you know, getting into – uh, Queensland markets and whatever, but if you are up in Queensland, um, get out there and support those those breweries and uh, and check out the ones that did well. Matt, thanks very much again, and thank you again for uh, for looking after us. It was good to catch up and and just to sit out on the back deck there, watching the sunset and uh, and having oh, and, a couple and get of to a, quite a few breweries. We,
0: we got out to Springfield to check out the new ballistic out there. We uh, got to Brewdog. Brew partners, yeah, we we Brewdog, a um, yeah. Speaking the new which.
1: the new Stone and Wood um, brew pub in um, in the valley there. It was good. Would, would have been nice to have more time to, to get out to a few more, but it was also great to, to catch up with um, with the brewers themselves. Always, always good to rub shoulders and clink glasses with them, so thank you very much.
0: Just a last uh, shout-out um, I know that um, you, you need to go and the, the listeners have been told for the last half hour that um, we're finding <laughs> it. Um, I wanted to just have a shout-out to Zach Nelda, who sent us that lovely um, – did we read it out last week? But it was a really lovely review – um, he's with Lost Palms, and you know, just said really lovely things about you know listening to the podcast, and as a young person getting into the craft brewing industry um yes we're the two old blokes um of of the beer industry but he still learned a lot about it it was really lovely to actually meet him at the awards yesterday um and it it took me a second because like i I was being introduced to somebody and suddenly I realized oh sack oh sack um and it was so that was very nice um and the only other thing i'll say and i'm very conscious of you know that how commercial we are these days that uh congratulations to ryan hopkins um who has just been named CEO of Yakima Chief Hops? Um, he was good, good friend of the program, and a terrific bloke, a
1: lovely, just a lovely bloke, and yeah, and a great appointment.
0: A great appointment, uh, lovely, lovely guy. Um, you can listen to some of his work uh, on our uh, work, um, a couple of the podcasts involving Yakima Chief. So yeah,
1: did I hear? Did I hear also um, uh, representing Yakima Chief Hops? Is he going to be at IBD?
0: I believe. You uh, well, up? again, I, I guess that's all up. Um, he's. Uh, I, I've spoken to. Um, Steph from Crymalt about catching up with him. Um, that was before the uh, appointment. But yeah, certainly um, we'll be catching up with him if he's there uh, as part of the IBD. Excellent. Matt,
1: thanks again. And um, as we do every week, we reserve our most grateful thanks to all of your listeners for making all of this possible. And we look forward to seeing you again on the next episode of Brews Newsweek.
0: Listening is one thing, reviewing is another. We'd be even more thankful if you did that. Don't forget to review. <laughs> review often. and we're out I don't know can we say that no you can't review often you can only do it once (laughs) don't
1: forget if you like what we do here at Radio Brews News you can help us out in a number of ways you can sponsor the show either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation you'll find details in the show notes you can also review us on iTunes or whatever your favourite podcasting service happens to be let us know what you think and help others find and discover our shows